0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to At WCSU, the only constant in a university of change. I like that. Everything that we told you last week is now different.
1: (laughs) That's true. Everything I knew this morning is now different. That's right.
0: (laughs) What we're talking about is our response to the coronavirus. Uh, We just announced this morning that uh, after spring break for two weeks, All classes will be taught online. We'll reassess at the end of that period, three weeks from now, and uh, try to come back to in-person classes for the end of the semester if things have quieted down. If they've blown up or stayed blown up, we'll probably do continued online classes and we'll see what happens. We canceled every event on campus basically through April 30th. That's a lot of things and a lot of important things. You know, it involves the School musical. We think maybe the musical will go on without an audience because students need to do it for their graduation. There'll be some music recitals without audiences. Um, students doing internships and clinics are doing things online instead, and we're trying to figure that all out. But otherwise, it's going to be very quiet here.
1: Yeah, and it's, it's athletes. Uh... They're done like whole seasons are, are
0: up in the air. Up anyway. in the air, yeah. yeah. We might get a dispensation from the NCAA for the games that these athletes missed, particularly okay. the ones that were supposed to be down in Florida. We're not letting the athletes travel to Florida for spring training anymore. So, so
1: the, the online class – so we, next week is spring break. Right. We come back for two weeks. Mm-hmm. So that's through April 6th Yes. is the when new they, start and, day, and that means don't campus. come here. That's right. If, if you're a student.
0: That's right. Okay. There's an exception for student employees. As long as they don't go on spring break okay. and as long as they can commute, they aren't living on campus, uh, then they can – and there's work for them to do. Okay. We'll employ them. So if
1: you have questions about this, who who should you be contacting, listeners?
0: You can refer to the website. Okay. Which is uh, has a banner on the homepage with all the updated information. Uh, you can ask a question on the Facebook page, and we'll get back to you. And I think there's a a uh, email called info at wcsu.edu or something like that okay. that uh, people can ask questions on. Or you can call Pete Puccio.
1: <laughs> yes. Two zero three five five five. 555 Yeah, so that's big. I mean, there's, there's a lot of stuff that, that clubs prepare mm-hmm. all year for their event. I know there were two fashion shows coming up in the next two months that are both done. We yep. have all, all kinds of outside people that come in and use our facilities. Those are all done. Yep. So it's,
0: it's, a, it's a big adjustment. It's it is a be... big adjustment. Things you don't think about Yeah, all of a sudden not being here, they're not here. All those things that Chantel was... Gearing up for him, all. <laughs> oh uh, no! Is she going to miss her last pack bingo? Well, that's a good question. I don't know. I mean, Maybe I'll she. Ch- is. I got to double check the schedule. She did. I asked her. She is Everyone is. She's not going to be here today because she is packing for her spring break trip, and this is the only time she could do it. <laughs> we told her not to go, but she's she insisted. <laughs> and she's packing now, so she's missing this podcast, but. Uh she did go to the bingo a couple of days ago and lost. Ah. Somebody at her table won. So she's thinking she's getting closer.
1: Yeah, okay. So there's there were supposed to be bingos on April 1st and April 29th. <laughs> so I think she may have missed her last opportunity. Yeah.
0: We may have to do a media services bingo. What a bummer. Game.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'll have a dungeon bingo game for her. Right. All right. <laughs> wow. It's I'm still wrapping my head around all this stuff. I mean, Yeah. We're, we're still going to be here because they don't care about us. But right. We're they wanna essential keep, they wanna employees. They want to keep kids safe. Right. You know.
0: Of course, Pete, if you feel sick, remember to stay home and self-isolate uh, for two weeks. You know it. I notice you got a big carton of Clorox wipes here in the <laughs> just, office. It's just to
1: make people feel better. It's like TSA. It's the illusion of security. <laughs>
0: that's right. They're also spring fresh, too, I think. Uh, I
1: think uh, those are lemon, actually, oh. but yes.
0: Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. Never one be of too those careful little
1: bottles last about a day. Oh, yeah. Everybody comes in here and puts on the same headphones and talks into the same mics. <laughs> and, so. Just the one I'm using, you mean? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> that one specifically has been diseased. <laughs> oh, this is getting dark. Um, yeah, so that's – so uh, online, you still have to go to class. Right. You're still expected to participate in some way, shape, or form. I imagine if you have questions about that, talk to your professor directly. Exactly. I believe they'll still have kind of online office hours That's during. Right. You know, so, so it should be relatively business as usual.
0: Exactly. Yeah, so, be that, at the dining room table exactly. or whatever, <laughs> taking your class, yeah. and so will the professor.
1: Yeah. So, uh, this is a good opportunity to make sure that you can access Blackboard and all those all those things. Make that's sure a, your email and your password are good. All the Take care of that over the next couple of days. Yeah, that's so you don't an get excellent surprised. point.
0: Because otherwise you'll come back from spring break and be panicking for a while.
1: I mean, you know, there, there will still be people here to answer your questions. The, the help true. desk will still be here. All of the support structures will still be in place. But you might as well, you know, relax and, and feel good knowing that when you come back, you're ready to go. That's right.
0: If you've never called the help desk before... You won't have to. You won't have to learn all that. Anyway, yeah, we're all on a learning curve here. It's been uh, everybody's running around with their hair on fire today, and we're hoping to make it through the last two days before spring break. Southern Connecticut State closed down today for the rest until, you know, through spring break in the next two weeks because they had someone identified as having, I don't know, been in contact with somebody with the coronavirus um Harvard and Yale both shut down, they didn't did. they? Yeah. yeah. And a bunch of other places too. Quinnipiac too and wow. Fairfield and Sacred Heart. I know we got an email from my
1: my kid's school that someone who works at the school's spouse was in contact with someone who was confirmed to have it. So mm-hmm. they they didn't close or anything like that, but they've deep cleaned anywhere she or he she he or she may have been and they're keeping an eye on stuff and whatever, but it's you know it's hitting closer and closer to home all the time. It is. I heard about New Rochelle this morning how the National Guard is there. It's like <laughs> outbreak. Yeah, it I'm is. Like...
0: <laughs> so this attempt by us is to try to inoculate ourselves or isolate ourselves from the coronavirus uh, as a campus, and you know if people get sick they'll understand they'll know it over the next three weeks and stay away and uh if they don't get sick they can come back if enough people don't get sick they can come back
1: yeah and hopefully it avoids us having to do a complete shutdown right if i'm if i'm understanding
0: yeah and online for the rest of the semester yeah so it'll be interesting
1: appropriately enough uh your guest today Hmm was here partially to talk about an event that is now
0: canceled. So That's right, unfortunately, everything has changed. As I said, we uh, uh, Erica How do you pronounce her name, last name? Slobovic? I think. Sabovic.
1: Sabovic? Okay. I'm sure she'll tell us in the interview, I know. Yes.
0: <laughs> uh, Erica did a great job on the interview talking about Tristan Reese, very famous LGBTQ plus spokesperson or member of that community who talks about his life. Um, He's famous for all the good reasons. He's uh, not so much in your face as uh, wanting to help people understand, you know, his lifestyle and by extension, the lifestyle of everybody in that community.
1: Yeah, I think, and from that, in line with that, I thought Erica was great at taking a few chances, uh, to teach mm-hmm. and not criticize. Um, right. Oh, like when I
0: stumbled and exactly. stupid and, and, things. And, and, yeah. and that was great. It mm-hmm. was, you know,
1: cause it's, you can't expect everybody to know everything and how to handle all those things all the time. So it's important if you know, you know, a, a better way to do it, to share it in a way mm-hmm. like she did that is non confrontational. And I, I, it was really, it was a great interview. I thought.
0: Yeah. She did a great job. She was very gentle and, um, Made me feel better, too. So that was the point.
1: Yeah, it's a shame that the, the event can't happen, but who knows? Maybe they can
0: they'll try to reschedule they'll come it. back you know, yeah. after the... Uh... Mm, she may have to hand it off to somebody since she's a senior, but uh... <laughs> I guess we'll drive off that bridge when yeah. we get there. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Here's Erica. Erica, thanks for joining us today.
2: Thank you for having me.
0: And you got a big presentation coming to campus pretty soon, right?
2: Yes, and I'm so excited about it. Who is it? It is Tristan Reese. Uh, He's from Portland, Oregon. He is a father, a facilitator, and a trans man. And he's coming here. I'm super (laughs) excited about
0: it. He is pretty famous.
2: Yes, yes. Uh, He became... He's been on social media for several years talking about his life and experiences in the LGBTQ community. But he definitely rose to fame about two and a half years ago when he was openly pregnant and really talked about his pregnancy and how he experienced it as a trans man.
0: So he was born as a woman. He transitioned to a man with um, hormone therapy. Right.
2: So actually, um, this is a great teaching moment. Hmm. So what a lot of people uh, in the community really want uh, people outside of the community to know is that instead of saying born as a woman or a man, it's better to say assigned sex at birth mm-hmm. because to them, they were always that person, right? So Tristan always knew that he was a man, uh, but he was assigned female at birth because of hormones and genitalia and all that that goes on. Mm -hmm. Uh, So yeah, so he was assigned male at birth, I mean assigned female at birth um, and he went on hormones I believe around the age of 18 or 19 Um, and he has been very open about the fact that he was only on hormones, so he never had any surgeries. And just a quick tip out there for anybody, um, don't ask people if they've had surgery. That's not cool. Um, But he's been open about it because Mm -hmm. that was his whole thing. He wanted to talk about it. So because he only had ever been on hormones, he was able to go off of them and within, I think, only two or three months um, have a viable pregnancy.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. And he bore the baby.
2: And he did. And he had a little baby boy named Leo, mm-hmm. who is now um, almost three years old and adorable.
0: <laughs> yeah, he was very famous for that. Yes. And uh, for got both kinds of attention, right?
2: Yes. Yeah, there was a lot of negativity, which he's recently been really open about. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the fact that he's had to stop looking at comments and stop reporting stuff for his own mental health, because seeing how uh, he was talked about, that gets really hard for Mm. people um so he stopped with that but he also was got so much great feedback from the community and even people outside of the community for his openness there are lots of trans pregnancies that happen across the united states and for a lot of people they don't feel safe enough to talk about it or comfortable enough and so by tristan Putting himself out there really spoke for a lot of people in the community and started this gateway for others to talk about pregnancy and talk about what it's like and the struggles and the positives and how to go about it.
0: Mm-hmm. So when he comes here, he'll I'm sure he'll be asked about that or talk about it yep. as part of his thing, but he um, probably isn't talking. Most people who come to see him aren't expecting to get pregnant, right? They're going to... Uh, he'll be talking about life as a uh, trans men and it, it, the LGBTQ plus community mm-hmm. right?
2: yeah so he has all different talks that he does uh, one that he does for doulas for midwives and groups like that OBGYNs he does talk about actually trans fertility and how that works uh, for what we're having him come do is not one of those he is doing a general healthcare keynote though mm-hmm. uh, which is gonna be open to the public and I'm really excited about that and so that's open to all future and current healthcare providers so So it's kind of anyone under the sun. So it could be a social worker, someone who is in nursing, a doctor, and it's going to be kind of a general overview of what is being trans or gender nonconforming, a little debrief on how hormones may work for people who don't know, and then also how to treat people who are gender nonconforming and trans and make them feel safe and welcome in those settings.
0: Mm Uh, and I'm sure there's a big need for that in absolutely. the community, right?
2: Yes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, there are a lot of horror stories out there. <laughs> and it, and sometimes it just comes from people who are ignorant mm-hmm. and don't know and have never had that step. So this is all about teaching people and, and really giving them those first few steps to then put in the work themselves and really learn.
0: It's not that big a deal when you think about it, right? You You educate yourself and think about it, and then you deal with it.
2: Exactly. That's that's exactly how I like to think about it. And that's what I've seen with my own family Hmm. is just slowly educating them and and they get it. You get it. As long as you're not afraid to put in the work and you're not afraid to try. You can do it. Mm -hmm. That's all that matters.
0: We'll talk about some more about that later if you're okay, okay with that. Yeah, the, of course. Uh, what are the other two things he's going to talk about?
2: So he's also coming for two workshops. So one is a student workshop. This will be on March 30th. And this is before the keynote. And yeah, so this will just be open for WCSU students. And it is about healthy relationships in the LGBTQ community. This is another problem we really see in the community. There are a lot of, unfortunately, unhealthy relationships because we're so used to looking at straight relationships and seeing Mm -hmm. how they work and balance. And sometimes there can be huge imbalances in LGBTQ relationships. So, for example, there's a lot of unreported violence, actually, within uh, relationships because they... You know, we're told, you know, men don't hit girls. Right. But what about two men in a relationship and they feel like they can hit each other? Hmm. Uh, And it's that realization of no, that's not healthy to do. Um, We're in a committed relationship. You can't do that. And so there's a lot more information now about this out in the community. People are trying to be more aware. And he's also going to talk about social media right now in the age of you know tinder and online dating and how to go about that in a healthy way as someone in the lgbtq community so i'm very excited about that one that's mm. something i can personally relate to and then he is also going to do a faculty staff administration workshop this is one i'm extremely excited about it's the second day so march 31st this will be open to wcsu ecsu uh, ccsu and uh
0: SCSU.
2: SCSU. That one sounds weird to say, but yes. <laughs> so Southern, Eastern, Western, and Central. And I'm really excited about this one, um, because so far I've been kind of picking up the slack on this and doing educational trainings for faculty and staff on campus. So this is a chance for someone who is getting paid, who is really educated in this, trained in this, to do a faculty-staff administration on how to be allies, uh, how to talk to students, how to engage with people, what questions to ask, what questions not to ask. And I mean, at that workshop, all questions can be asked. So we very, it's called Open Doors for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, we want people to feel safe to ask questions uh, and just provide that space so that students are being treated correctly and so that pronouns are understood and stuff like that, right. which I'm very excited about.
0: Mm-hmm. And pronouns, just to educate a little bit more mm-hmm. for listeners, is um, some people don't go by what we have called the traditional He, him, she, he, she, her kind of thing, right?
2: Yeah. So in—you can actually—there's like a whole studies on this. Mm -hmm. So in the English language, we've traditionally only had two sets of pronouns, so he, him, his, and she, her, hers. In other languages, some people have up to five to six, actually, personal pronouns, Mm -hmm. different sets— For over 200 years now, they've been trying to do a third set of pronouns, actually. Uh, It died down around the 1960s, but they tried several different variations coming from Latin words and other dialects to create a third personal pronoun in the English language, and it just never picked up. And now we're seeing a rise in they, them, theirs used for people who are gender nonconforming, who may identify as non-binary or agender or even transgender. And so that's really picked up. Merriam-Webster Dictionary, I believe, put it as their word of the year and was put into the dictionary last year which was a great first step and there's lots of other pronouns that sometimes people will use I've heard um, zizum zers Uh, And others that have been picked up from other languages. Uh, But yeah, so it's just to teach people that there's more than that. So, for example, in a classroom setting, when you're asking students at the first day of class, what's your name? What's your year? What's your major? You also add in what's your pronouns? Mm -hmm. So then if there's one or two students who identify with they, them, theirs, they're not singled out when they have to raise their hand and say, actually, I prefer you to use these pronouns. It just creates that inclusivity and makes it more and more normalized. Just mm-hmm. like adding your pronouns on your email signature can be a huge step in feeling welcoming.
0: Mm-hmm. And the professors can say what their uh, pronoun is too. Absolutely. To lead it off, right?
2: Exactly. That's where it starts. You know, when you meet, I always say to my mother, when, you, when you're when you unsure of somebody's pronouns, the best thing you can do is introduce yourself first and say hi. My name is, for example, me my name is Erica. My pronouns are she, her, hers. What are your pronouns and what's your name and it just creates that flow and and really opens it up for them to share and feel comfortable in sharing
0: yeah has your mom done that yet
2: (laughs) um i'm hoping she does the next time uh she goes out and has that feeling she always just gets really nervous and makes doesn't want to say the wrong thing Mm. Uh, and so i'm trying she definitely knows now that it is okay and no one's going to take offense Mm -hmm. to asking their pronouns and if they do that's really on them or maybe some trauma they have from the past that's not her problem
0: right and Tristan Reese talks about that specifically in some of his yes. uh, talks that he does. Yes, <laughs> the uh, which is really good for allies, right? And mm-hmm. uh, people who want to be supportive and but don't get it all yet.
2: Absolutely. So yeah.
0: some of those will be coming to your. Um, People, some of those people will be coming to your uh, to his talks. As I well.
2: I really hope so. Yeah. I really want this to be a great learning opportunity for Western, for the CCSU system, and for Danbury.
0: Mm-hmm. So they're on March 30th and 31st. Yes, and just if people don't remember the times and stuff, where can they go to look for? remind themselves is there a website or something
2: um it is on the wow at west con uh so all three events are posted on that if you scroll down on the wow or if you go on to the wcsu homepage and click see all events you can scroll down and when you get to march 30th 31st you'll see those three events
0: good so you are a senior right
2: Yes, I am. This is my last semester at WestCon.
0: And what's your major?
2: Uh, I actually built my own major. Hmm. I'm a contract major, so it's in social entrepreneurship. So I'll I'll be the first person to graduate with a BA in social entrepreneurship at Western. It's typically a graduate field or PhD program in... um, ivy league schools actually mm-hmm. and it's becoming more and more renowned in nonprofit spheres because you're learning both things like political science and legal studies and communication and gender and women's studies but you're also taking the business aspect so i've taken marketing management um, accounting and so combining those skills of community and business to create change
0: that's Brilliant. That's exactly what <laughs> uh, people who want to go into nonprofit work should yes, do, right?
2: Yes, right. And a, and a lot don't. And so this gives me a nice little leg up mm-hmm. that I know accounting and I know finance now, or right. at least rudimentary.
0: Right. And what do you want to do with that then?
2: Go into nonprofits. Or mm-hmm. That's the first step. So nonprofits, uh, New York City. Um, I'd like to take a little break from Connecticut mm-hmm. and uh, just start anywhere, really, in nonprofits. Get my foot in the door. Down the line, I'd really like to get my master's in business or go into law school. Mm-hmm. So I haven't really made that decision yet, and that's why I'm just going to the workforce for now.
0: Yeah, great. And you've been here all four years?
2: Yes, I have.
0: And how has that been for you?
2: It's been really wonderful. Oh, I'm I'm really lucky for the experiences I've had at WestCon. I just happened to meet some really incredible people my first semester, and ever since it's really flowed well.
0: That's good. So you don't feel discriminated against.
2: No. I mean I now here's the unfortunate thing, right? Um, me as a queer person on campus, I've had an incredible experience. I've just been surrounded by great professors, great friends, great staff members. But I am seeing a lot of students right now at WestCon because of lack of LGBTQ services, specifically here, um, either transfer or drop out, Mm. Um, whether it's because stuff was going on at home and they didn't have support here or because they've had professors uh, discriminate against them, unfortunately, Mm. and others. It's been incidences between other students and they haven't been handled properly. and That's something I'm really working on because Southern, Eastern, and Central all have an LGBTQ center. (laughs) WestCon is the only one that lacks that. Uh, And so I'm really working on that happening. I've been in talks with the Office of Diversity for the last six months, actually, and we're really trying to make this a priority. This is always hard just because of budgets and funding, which I understand. Uh, but. My main concern is just getting one person contracted in maybe once or twice a week and then the rest over the phone just so that students who are LGBTQ have someone they can turn to in emergencies who really understand them and they feel comfortable going to. Mm Because up until this point, students all come to me as an undergrad, which is not good for them, not good for me, not good for the whole situation at all. Sure,
0: I mean, you're not a trained... um, Exactly. I'm sure you're helpful, but...
2: Yeah, but it's not... They deserve more.
0: Right. And so that's a good first step that you described. But what um, do you think the other campuses are more uh, welcoming to LGBTQ plus or is it just they've been doing it longer or what is it that uh,
2: it's it's a little bit of both um so southern definitely has the most proactive one they've been around for technically seven years but five years is very active their uh pride center and all of them are fairly small it's not like they're that large but it's usually a room and someone who is staffed in part-time and a graduate intern or two to staff the space nine to five five days a week right um and i've heard varying things it kind of seems to go in dips and flows right now especially because there aren't a lot of people out there training. in LGBTQ resources. So you see a lot of people who maybe wanted a position in women's studies or a women's center that have been pulled in to LGBTQ sources if they happen to be gay or lesbian um, Mm. or under the LGBTQ community. So it goes back and forth. I've read testimonials from students at those campuses who did feel better, safer or chose those campuses specifically because they had those resources. But I think overall there needs to be more awareness about of what lgbtq students need on campus and it's it's not a lot i mean i don't you know we don't need like a building or you Mm -hmm. know five just one part-time or full-time faculty who really stays on board and is proactive with graduate interns uh so i'm just trying to get that step started especially because i really do love this school i've had a great four years here i'd love to come back in 30 years and work here Mm. and i want to see it thrive, I want other students to have the experiences that I've had here. So I'm trying to create that first step so that those students feel safe and have someone to go to if they don't have the experiences I've had. Mm-hmm.
0: That's good. Do uh, so how long have you known that you are um how would you put it? The uh, part of the LGBTQ community. Yeah, yeah. I have a hard time saying queer. I am of no, that's actually generation a generation where it was absolutely no, yeah, that was a slur, right?
2: Absolutely. Um, and there's no actually. I always say to people, if you're not part of the community, it's probably better not to say queer. Mm. Um, if someone, if you know, you have a friend that says it's okay to refer to them because that's their identity. That's mm-hmm. one thing, right? Um, and I always respect. You know, sometimes I have elders lgbtq elders that are not okay with that word Mm. and i would never say in front of them because Mm -hmm. that's just absolutely not okay um but for me it's a little easier um (laughs) but no that's totally okay so lgbtq community is fine that's great um i actually don't remember what your question was
0: how long oh when did i identify yes
2: Um, Probably around the time of puberty, I would say, Mm -hmm. Um, because that's just when you start to notice people. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was like that evolution of high school. And then I happened to have. A group of friends that when i came out every single person in that group came out um so we just happen to have all found each other and i think we all knew mm-hmm. um and so that was a really great experience having that um but for me i mean my sexuality is always kind of evolving um i always say that sexuality is fluid it can change i say this for everybody same with gender identity too mm-hmm. that's my personal view at least mm-hmm. um and so mine's kind of Always evolving and flowing, but definitely always identified as part of the community since I was about 13 or 14.
0: Yeah. So you feel com- comfortable with all that and the gender fluidity yes. and all that. Yeah. Which is no, good.
2: I really love it. I really embrace it.
0: Mm-hmm. And your family?
2: Yes. They they have always been incredible. Um, I got very blessed and very lucky with two parents who, from the moment I was born, said to my grandparents, actually, like, no matter who they marry what religion they identify like you have to know you have to love them now for the rest of their lives no matter what and so they were always very accepting very open about talks so it was never a problem for me to come out to my family my sister ended up coming out too so there's Mm. the two of us Mm -hmm. um my we're like one of the only families in my i live in shelton uh that we have a rainbow flag outside of our house now my waves all the time next to our american flag that's good um yeah and and my grandparents For the most part, I've come around. It's hard to read my grandpa, but my nannie has become my biggest ally ever, and she's a Methodist going woman. goes to church once a week. It reads the Bible every night, and it took a while, but. You know, at the beginning, she didn't know what to do and she mm-hmm. had a really hard time with it. And now, anytime she sees something rainbow, she buys it for me or gets it for me or brings me home pamphlets from hospitals that have like LGBTQ resources. And she's amazing. That's so nice, it huh? really shows that anyone can, you know, if you put, if, if you really love somebody, you'll put that dedication through.
0: A lot of her. it is getting to know somebody, right? Yeah. And then your family, it's easier to, uh, Absolutely. to know them. Yeah. Uh, uh, And the other side of a lot of it is just being afraid of the unknown that you have. Of course. Whatever. It seems funny to say unknown because mm, we've been talking about it for a while now.
2: But for some people, it's like completely uncharted territory. Mm. Absolutely. (laughs)
0: Uh, And why did you choose Western?
2: Why did I choose Western? Um, I actually only applied to Western and Southern um i was really unsure of where what i wanted to do for college um and this was after I had a back injury in high school, (laughs) and so at that point, I just didn't care where I went. I just kind of wanted to go somewhere that was close to home and that was affordable, so I only applied to these two places, and I happened to get into the Kathwari Honors Program Uh here, and so at uh, the Honors Breakfast, my parents were like, you have to go here. This is amazing. It is amazing. And (laughs) and so I did, and I mean, it literally, it was meant to be. I absolutely think it was meant to be because I met my best friends, incredible professors, um, incredible faculty and staff like you through my experience here. I mean, I'm just still always meeting people, and it's amazing now, four years later, to walk through the quad. And I can't even put headphones in anymore because I'm constantly saying hi to people I know, which is it's an amazing feeling. That's
0: fantastic. Huh? Yeah. Hmm. So thank you for coming on, talking about uh, Tristan Reese. We'll keep plugging that and Absolutely. Um, make sure you get a big crowd there. Thanks for arranging all that. Yes. Thanks for being a great advocate on the thank
2: university you. here. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it.
0: Yeah, my pleasure. Yes.
1: This anything is anything else? T- is yeah, it?
0: This is the time we normally have Chantel on yeah. to uh, do events
1: and there's not even any events for us to fumble through.
0: No. So we're not it's our lives are becoming much easier in some ways yeah. over the next 3 weeks. It's going to be a much shorter podcasts though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. Well, we'll get we'll talk about um, Chantel's trip. Yeah. Right? yeah, we'll have
1: and we'll have updates if there's any changes to uh, That's right. You know, campus attendance and things.
0: And um, we'll find out how Chantel's mom is doing. Yep, with That's, the uh, coronavirus uh, attack. Yeah. And so we'll uh, check in with some professors or something and figure out what's going on with that. Great. Good.
1: I think that'll do it for this week. That's right. Thank you, Pete. <laughs>
0: That's, I guess now we say, for Chantel Williams, this is Paul Steinmetz and at WCSU.